Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Tech Done Different Podcast with Ted Harrington. Do you follow the pack or challenge the status quo? Join Ted as he explores how to succeed by going against conventional wisdom. You'll hear leaders in technology and security tell stories about how they achieve their success by doing things differently. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Tech Done Different. I'm your host, Ted Harrington, and with me here today is our special guest, David Tyler. David is the founder of Cyber Mentor Dojo. David, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Ted. I appreciate it. So I was excited to have you come on and, and talk about this idea that is near and dear to my heart. I know a lot of people at our company at ISE. Uh, I know it's an important, critical concept across the whole security field, definitely across other fields as well, but of mentorship. And you've certainly dedicated your energy to this issue. So uh, let me start with maybe the first entryway into the discussion, which is why is mentorship important? Mentorship is important because when people go into fields that perhaps they don't have any experience in or, or, or support groups in, they're going in blind and it, it sets up so many barriers. And it's barriers that I had going through my career. I'd come out of university. I just didn't really know what I needed to know other than what my university had taught me. So the, the, the men- mentoring removes those barriers by allowing the mentor and the mentee to have a relationship to discuss how the mentor got to where they got to and therefore translate that into how to bring the mentee into place that they want to be in, in their career. So one of the things that I've observed uh, and maybe even experienced, yeah, probably experienced myself earlier in my career as well, is that there's some fear around this from the mentee side. Right. The idea that, well, to get mentorship that requires access to someone more senior than you who is probably perceived to be busy. And why would they help someone? Maybe they don't even know in this way. But I think anyone who's inclined to be a mentor embraces that and is like, oh, I, I would love to help someone who's, you know, maybe a stage or two behind me in their career and is looking to level up. So how do we how do we solve that? How do we bridge that gap? How do we remove that fear that potential mentees might have? I mean, it, it all comes down to the end of the day from the mentee's perspective. Don't ask, don't get. So if you don't if you don't ask in the first place, you're not going to receive anything anyway. So you've got nothing to lose. And the mentor, the potential mentor is going to say, "No, I just don't have time." That just took three seconds of their time, and it's not really going to put them off any sort of future relationship with you. But we can sort of overcome that by building it into the community as a whole and bring it to every aspect of, of everything we do at work and also in the field and and. The, again not in the community so at conferences that sort of thing we can encourage this uh, one-to-one relationship um, and also by having various places that people can go to to volunteer because if you know that they're on there then they've volunteered and you know that they're open to 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 doing that with you so yeah that's the best way to do it, i think is just yeah ingrain it in, in the community uh, from the outset and build upon that uh, in in every aspect does a mentor need to have the hands-on expertise that the mentee is seeking. And that seems like a weird way to ask the question. Even as I said it, I was like, well, hold on, let me, let me clarify what I'm, what I'm getting at. For example, what's, what's sort of prompting this thought is there are people in our organization who are in different roles. And I really like seeing where people are mentoring each other across those maybe boundaries. So for example, we have uh, one guy who's you know, just a fantastic leader in our organization and he's in the sales department. 
And then we have this other individual and she's a fantastic contributor in software development and the product team. And those two are sort of paired up mentor mentee, but he doesn't necessarily know exactly how to do her job. How do, how should we think about that? If someone's not necessarily in the same lane as you? I mean, I think it can be of a benefit because what you're doing there is really having a, a cross pollination of ideas and experiences anyway. So you can, you will find potentially that that other mentee will become a mentor in some other aspect to the, men, the, the other mentor, really, because one person may be technical and one person may have soft skills or, or another area of expertise that, that they don't and they want to learn from each other. And really, that's the best way to bring better, the best outcomes of e- out of each other through their sort of learning journey. Teach each other about your your experiences and your technical know-how or your one-to-one skills. So yeah, the, the cross-pollination of ideas can definitely benefit both cases there. There will always be benefit because communication is just key in, in passing those ideas around. And you'll get, I hate to use the term because it's very overly used in business, but a, a synergy, a sort of going around of ideas that just rolls around that and you and just build up and build up and build up on, on, on that from the, from the previous as you go up, if that makes sense, I think. I did laugh at the use of synergy because that that is yeah, it's over, over well, it's well overused i hate it i hate it it puts a horrible taste in my mouth when i when i, when I say it but, yeah. it is overused but it does actually mean something so it's funny when i was in the process of writing my book i had to i really wanted to simplify language and so i was always thinking about like how would i describe this to a curious like 12 year old or something like that and those were the kinds of words that i realized were actually very limiting because what 12 year old knows what synergy means those of us who are you know working the corporate world we obviously understand it but synergy i think if we can remove ourselves from maybe the icky corporateness of it 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 does it it makes sense right the idea of like harmony between two people or two groups or two organizations and that's really what you're getting at is the heart of what mentorship is about is finding that harmony right yeah absolutely absolutely and you'll see this in corporate world anyway when they're doing workshops together they'll they'll ask each each other to um uh, talk about um blocks in their day they've had or, or in their week and you talk about how you can move that block you're basically in, in a situation there of you, you're doing a group mentoring no one really realizes they're doing it perhaps especially in like an agile sort of uh, team but that's essentially what you're doing you're throwing around these ideas these problems and then you're solving those problems together and you're essentially sharing that previous experience you've had of how to overcome it and that's just, that is exactly what mentoring is and you just keep building on top of that and that's how you get a great team that's an interesting concept. So you're talking about, I, I've been thinking about mentorship as a one-to-one relationship, but I heard you just describe it as maybe in a group context. Could you tell me more about that? Yeah, I mean, a group will generally do a lot better because everyone's got a lot of experience from different areas and aspects. Some could be technical, some might not be. And also the mentor could actually lead the group itself and guide the group experience and have each other talk about their own past experiences because one mentee might have experienced something that could solve another mentee's problem. And just by talking about those problems together, you're having a shared experience of and, and removing these roadblocks in, in your own career and, and each of us careers as, you, as you're going forward. And it also solves a problem as well and numerically. You'll, you'll probably find that there's very few mentors. There's way more mentees to a mentor, which is a problem we're sort of having to solve right now, which is why we're going for, to a group model primarily first. For every one mentor, we've got maybe 500 mentees so the ratios don't work, right? So this is a problem we're trying to solve. And th- th- this problem exists, I believe, also out there in the industry as well. So group mentoring w- can work just as well, if not sometimes better, depending on, on, on what problems they're trying to solve. Hmm. That's pretty fascinating. It, it reminds me of an idea that I've tried out, but I hadn't necessarily thought about it in the context you described. 
but is this idea when I'm teaching a workshop, for example, one of the things that I always try to actively do in that workshop is to foster engagement amongst the attendees of the workshop. So that it's, it's not just me like presenting concepts or ideas. I mean, I obviously do do that as well, but I make a lot of time where they are collaborating amongst themselves because my theory is, and I'm curious if this is along the lines of what you're talking about with group mentorship, but the theory is that those people probably have all struggled with the same thing. And some of them have probably solved aspects of it in certain ways, and maybe they can mentor each other even if they're peer level. Is that part of what you're talking about too, or no? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just because they happen to have the same perhaps job job title doesn't mean they have the same level of experience in in different areas, and they can sort of cross pollinate these experiences together and demonstrate to each other how to overcome these roadblocks. It could also be the mentor might not have had that same problem. Uh, we're all going through our own journeys in life and our careers. So the mentor won't have all the all the experience or, or the same experience that the mentee is having. They'll have might have something similar. So it's just about talking through these ideas and these problems, and then finding a solution to get to overcome it. Because it, it might be that a peer may have the answer to that solution, and the mentor didn't have. I would also bring into that also like uh, bringing these sort of group situations can help also break the ice a little bit in the shared situation, and that allows more emotions to sort of to, to come to light at, in the shared group experience because we are social animals and that this, this then allows empathy and empathy can then amplify the experience of, of mentoring it's proven in studies specifically done by nursing groups so i've been reading up on it that the empathy aspect is the key to unlocking the whole mentoring experience if you don't have that empathy aspect the outcomes can decrease by up to 25 percent the positive outcomes that is so I think having group sessions can help bring this out because one-to-one, especially on a, on, a, on a Zoom call, Teams call can be quite difficult. But if you're sort of having this bigger team, it can help to be a bit of a better, better icebreaker because it's not just you having this problem, it's others too, and you're in a shared experience. You're, you're having these shared problems. And so you're going to have a better rapport with each other and your and your lead mentor perhaps there. So that's going to bring all that out together and then unlock all potential. This concept of empathy is a fascinating detail that you've just introduced about mentorship. It resonates with me, right? The idea that to be an effective mentor, you need to be able to understand what the person who you're mentoring is going through. And if you're seeking mentorship, you want that person to know what you're going through. So how does one, how does a mentor build that empathy? I mean, do they have to have literally experienced the same thing as the mentee does, or is it something that can be learned? Just try and be human, really, I think, and just allow for, allow for some sort of emotional connection. I know people in tech can be quite cagey and quite lacking in, in outward emotion, perhaps, because we're, we're more, perhaps more technically minded. It's just the way we're kind of generally wired. But yeah, they have to allow themselves to, to bring that wall down and also allow and permit that mentee to bring their whole self to the mentoring session and, and, and to a degree that could mean bringing their home life problems to a degree to that session if you can't let them be honest with their problems that are going on in their life you might not be able to solve everything you can you can maybe sometimes only signpost them or just be a bit of a sympathetic ear to a point but if you allow that mentee to bring all their problems you can say well i had some problems you know just like you i had a, a young kid when i was studying and things like this and these are the these are the things i did to permit myself some time to 
properly allocating study and hold myself accountable in my learning journey, maybe you can try and do something similar. You know, reach out to family to, to perhaps for a babysitter for a couple of hours a day or something like that. And because you, you, there are, it's not just them wanting to know where to go and learn, it's how to learn, it's how to go on that journey. And to do that, they have to bring their whole self to the uh, conversation. And as a mentor, you have to permit it. Yeah, that's, that's a really good insight because if we're talking about mentorship in a professional context, people probably feel like they cannot and should not bring their whole self. So are you saying that the mentee should bring their whole self or the mentor should or both? Both. Both. I mean, the mentor should be open about their experiences and themselves because they need the mentee to trust them. If the mentee feels that the that the mentor is holding something back, how can how can that person truly trust and op- therefore open up to the mentor? They're, they're, gonna, they're always going to hold something back and that's going to be a detriment to the whole process going forward and might just, just end up killing it. So really, the mentor needs to encourage the mentee to to bring the whole self to the conversation and the mentor needs themselves to open up as well so that they are a trusted voice and a companion on that journey of learning. Mm, Journey of learning. I like that. So does mentorship expire at some point? Meaning I think a lot of times when people think about mentorship, they think about early career stage people, right? Seeking advice from someone who's farther ahead. A lot of our listeners are themselves already up in the C-suite. So they might be the CTO, even the CEO. How does someone like that, well, does someone like that still need mentorship? And if so, where do they get it? So, yes. And, and here's a problem that we, we didn't realize we had when, when, when we first started Cybermentor Dojo is that we only permitted mentees with the, in the database with the tag mentee to find mentors. And one of our earliest, most frequent requests was for mentors to permit them to find mentors themselves. So... We know that mentors, no matter where they are in their field, want mentors themselves because they're probably wanting to diversify their knowledge. They're probably wanting to go from a technical field to to a less technical field, perhaps around governance and risk or or something along those lines. Or perhaps they're wanting to to meet with someone who's got more experience in in business and so they can can improve their business skills as they're going up to director or perhaps founding their own business. So I don't think it ever ends, but it really is down to the individual about what that sort of looks like. It, It could be, from what I'm seeing so far, it tends to go in spits and spats. So yes, the mentee will have the mentor and then they'll they will have that journey and, com- and conversation going forward for as long as they feel but maybe about a year or two and then there might be a break in that sort of conversation as, as that and that mentee now finds their feet in their, in their career field and they get a an orientation about what's available to them and then later as, as as they're looking to improve their career again they might then sort of go okay now i need a new mentor in this area and this is the skills that they they should probably have to help me and then they'll come back and i think that's kind of how it goes at CISO level i mean yeah, I mean, you're probably looking at maybe diversification of, of your of your skill set. Maybe if you're a CISO, you, you've you only got a governance background, maybe you need to improve your technical skills. So th- there is always room for improvement and vice versa. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's individual based. It's, it will always be very different, I think, from person to person. Yeah, that resonates with my thought process as well, that mentorship isn't something that's exclusively for early in your career. And I, I think about like the, where my career is going and the things that I want to do in future stages, what I want to do is I want to uh, serve as an advisor to startups and other entrepreneurs. I want to be around other entrepreneurs all the time. Like being an entrepreneur myself and in an entrepreneurial environment, I just love it. I want to be around others who are like that. And it's exciting to me to think about, you know, what I'm doing now is enabling me to at some point 
maybe even already I can, I don't know, maybe that's a question I should ask you too, but is to someday be able to mentor other entrepreneurs. So that's fascinating to hear you talk about that even as someone is in the senior stages of an organization, they should be able to find, they should be seeking out mentorship. But they probably don't. I I, th- I think I think I agree. I, I agree. I think probably don't because they probably if if they do, they might fear that they're going to be looked down upon for doing it. So I think anyone who does and they're, they're at that stage, they're probably quite brave. If 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 they're listening and, and they're doing that now, then all power to you. So I think the 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 risk there is that they're they're worried about being looked down upon for new new not necessarily learn new skills, but learning because then they're sort of admitting that they don't know everything. But uh, I think everyone should admit they don't know everything. Does that make sense? That's, that's, that's the way I see it anyway. That makes sense. And I'm sure that exists. But that would be such the incorrect way to view someone, right? The people who are learners. I mean, every high performer that I know, and I'm very intentional about trying to surround myself by high performers, every one of them, they're a life learner. And they're all about constant learning and knowledge. I mean, anyone who's listening to a podcast, right? Like, there's anything, there's a number of other things you could do with your time. That is, that's the reason why we're here. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> right? But they're here to learn. So what makes a mentor good? We talked about empathy is one of the key attributes. Are there other attributes for mentors that whether you're a mentor yourself that you're looking to develop or you're a mentee looking for attributes of someone who might be helpful for you? So empathy being one, are there a couple others that we should be looking for? I, I, th- I think knowing who you can help is probably a, a, an important skill to have as a mentor. You, you can't help everyone. When, when, you, when you're mentoring, you, sh- you should basically be asking them some questions, maybe, maybe, maybe four or five questions. You need to get an understanding of the person, their background, and where they want to go and what they know now. And then by doing that, you can probably get a better understanding if you're actually even able to help them. It, it could be they're, they're looking to move into a career that you, you're just not able to help them with. Perhaps they want to go to into you know, go into the CISO, but you're not yourself a CISO and it's not something that interests you and it's not something you surround yourself with. Maybe you want to be that you're, you as a mentor are pure technical and that's just where your passion is. So if you're not passionate about it, I think you're going to struggle to to help someone on their own journey, something you just, you just don't, don't care too much about. I, th- I think that's quite important. And yeah, having having passion as well. Going going back to that word I said, passion. Passion for helping others is is a big thing. If you're just in it for yourself, I don't know how a mentor can really be just in it for themselves. Other than maybe the, the feel good factor that you get, you know, that little dopamine hit. Um, you, you've helped someone. This one's got you know knows what to do with the rest of their week, and and then then know their their sort of new path to get to where they're going. Those those, those are definitely some important things to have there. Is the practice of mentorship changing over time and if so how like how is technology changing things are societal norms changing things how's mentorship changing now versus where it's been and where it might be going yeah i mean up to now up to now it's been pretty the same that as it probably always has been and that is on a, a one-to-one basis yes uh, technology especially during the covid times has encouraged more distance learning and, and distance mentoring but now obviously with the the onset of chat GPT and, and AI, I think we're going to initially see a guided mentoring process from a, a AI. Most likely, I think I foresee it being a way to help the mentor know better how to be a better mentor and guide the mentee on their journey, it's, especially when the, whatever the platform might be, we'll probably have a lot of data about or, or fair, enough data anyway on, on the mentee and the mentor and, and therefore can draw a lot of conclusions and give a lot of suggestions. So that way the mentor isn't stuck in providing a, a path forward. And I think that'll be, I think that's probably the way ahead. Whether whether when we're into GPT-5 and 6 and, you know, we're under our new overlords by GPT-8 
And, you know, if that's if the AI is doing it all by then, I don't know. But I imagine going back to the empathy thing, I don't think that's something an AI can do. Certainly not yet, but we'll see, we'll see how that pans out. And so I think the the human mental aspect is going to be fundamentally key to everything. So I only ever see technology being an empowerment tool rather than the the whole thing. Interesting. So the principles will kind of remain the same, I'm hearing you say, but maybe the application changes somewhat over time. Yeah, absolutely. The principles will will stay the same. Just the the execution will just change over time, as it always has done, as it did with COVID and technology in general before that. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you certainly know a thing or two about mentorship, and I've learned a lot from you today. Uh, as our time wraps up, is there anything that you want to leave our audience with? Um, I, I guess the only thing I want to leave the audience with is just find someone to help, and you you might you might be pleasantly surprised of how much that experience is a benefit to you. I'll leave that out. Love it. David, thank you so much for spending some time with us together today. I think our audience will get a lot out of it. I personally did. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And for everyone listening, if you want to learn more, head over to tedharrington.com backslash podcast, and we'll catch you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tech Done Different Podcast with Ted Harrington. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.